0: Hey guys, here we are back again in Katie's office on the Easy Street campus in Center, Alabama, to do another episode of True Crime on Easy Street. We're going to stay in the state of Alabama again today, I believe. Uh, Kelly is nodding her head, but she is having some trouble getting her notes put together. She promises today will not be a shit show, but I'm not certain about that. My name is Scott Wright. I am a mediocre journalist.
1: I'm Kelly Turner. I'm not a doctor. I'm Katie Givens. I'm not a lawyer.
0: So, all right, uh, mop this thing up. What, what happened is we did this show uh, a few months ago as part of our live show. We we do, uh, on occasion, we do live shows on the stage at Easy Street. And this was one of the live shows that we did. Katie and Kelly assured me that it was fantastic, but I was into my cups a little bit when we recorded, or when we did that live show. We did not record it. So we're going to try to recreate it here again for you today. Kelly has not looked at her notes since that night, apparently. <laughs> So she's fishing around for some way to start the telling of this story. I'm sure she's got something figured out now. I'm the dummy today. Kelly's in the big chair. Katie has notes. I have nothing. I'm taking a break.
1: Okay. This week we are in Northport, Alabama. I
0: don't know where that is. Where is that? That is just north of Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Oh.
1: You spent some time in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, uh, I
2: didn't you, spent Scott? spent
0: seven years there. I was on the seven-year plan. Some folks mm-hmm. stay that long in college and they are called doctors. Mm-hmm. And of course, we know we don't have any doctors in this room. So I did not get my doctoral degree in any uh, level or any, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Uh, Avenue of education Mm -hmm. until I come up with a better one. So yeah, spent some time there and had some good times. I've actually spent some time on Lake Tuscaloosa where our story takes place today. I did not see this incident that I recall, but I had probably been drinking that day. So it might have happened right beside me.
2: Scott, happened a long time after you were out of college. Okay. If we are dating you.
1: (laughs) This incident happened in 2012, but we're going to start back in 2003. 2012, the year I graduated high school.
0: Okay. 2012, uh, I was in my 15th year at the job. I still have today, I think. So it's been a while. Time (laughs) flies.
1: We're talking about Tracy and Hunter Grissom. In 2003, Hunter Grissom meets Tracy. Tracy was twenty-one. She was a young mother, had a son named James Michael, and she was currently going through a divorce. Hunter absolutely loved Tracy's son, and that was how that connection sort of started to bond.
0: Okay, how old was he at the time?
1: The son at the time. Or are you talking about Hunter?
0: Well, both. If you if you have those numbers, so I'm Hunter curious.
1: is two years younger than Tracy. Okay, so he's. 19 and she's 21 when they meet and she has a young son i want to say at this point in time he was around two years old when it was very young son they meet in 2003 they have a connection they really hit it off and they are married in 2004 they eloped eight months later we start to have trouble in the marriage so we're married so they've been together from
0: 03 to 12 and everything's fine. No, no, I'm sorry. Oh no, no, no. four they get married.
1: They get married in 04, and then within eight okay. months, there's trouble in the marriage. And Tracy talks about she catches Hunter smoking marijuana. He's doing illegal things. He's causing problems. She doesn't want to risk losing her son. So she's starting to threaten a divorce at this point. Okay. Hunter promises to stop using marijuana. Their relationship is going to improve. Tracy is going to leverage everything she owns so that they could start up a business together. So right away, eight months into it, a little bit of rockiness, according to Tracy in her interviews, but then Hunter stops smoking marijuana, gets focused. You know, it's very legitimate reason people are on both sides of the fence about marijuana, but in the state of Alabama, it is still illegal. Correct. And so it's a legitimate argument to say, I've gone through a divorce. I have this young son. I don't want to lose my son because you're doing illegal things Mm
0: -hmm. in the home. And the ex finds out about it. He takes me to court and I could lose my son.
1: Exactly. So then they patch things up. They go into this business together. They took out an equity line to start a company. It was called Grissom Construction. And everything was in Tracy's name, according to her. Everything was all in her name, and so she was wanting to make sure that everything was done on the up and up and legit. They have a child of their own, a daughter, Anna Grace. They had tried to have a child for quite some time. They had experienced five miscarriages. Then Anna Grace, when she did come, was premature. Her heart and lungs were not developed, and it was more stress on the, mm-hmm. on the young couple. Certainly. So, a lot of factors that standing alone may ruin a marriage. But when you start putting them all together, it's getting really stressful for the couple. Right. These, This information that I'm getting is all from interviews from Tracy Grissom. And we'll kind of go into how she's being interviewed in just a moment. So, mo- very stressful time. Hunter appeared to be acting strangely to her. She says he's acting funny. She's thinking that he's using drugs. So she is a registered nurse. She gives him an over-the-counter drug test and claims that it tested positive for marijuana, Oxycontin, opiates, methamphetamines. This is what she told in an interview.
0: Is that a thing? Can you get one of those kind of drug tests?
1: Yeah, you can buy them at CVS. Okay. You can get over-the-counter drug tests and tests. So she realized that his addiction was way past what she thought it might be by the results of this test. She files for divorce in the summer of 2010. And over time, she says he becomes abusive. She says he knocked her to the floor, hit her. She ended up with a black eye. She had bruised shoulders. Even after Hunter had moved out, the divorce agreement allowed him access to the house. So Tracy is alleging that this abuse is continuing. Okay. Allowed him
2: access to the house. Like he could just come up there anytime
1: mm-hmm. in the divorce settlement. That's strange mm-hmm. to me. Now, no one has ever witnessed this abuse. And Tracy claims that she's, she never reported them to anyone, which is not so uncommon. That's, that's yeah. There uncommon. we have why he had access to the house. Mm-hmm. If she's claiming, she did not report this abuse, then mm-hmm. the judge doesn't know about it and they can't say. And maybe
0: he needed to get on the property because their business, maybe that's where they parked their
1: construction Maybe. It's just usually something. weird. I
2: mean, usually, you know, you get a divorce. This is my house. You've got your house, yeah. you know. And you kind of stay
1: away. Right. But sometimes you may need a little access to the house if you have small children. I don't know. whatever the Whatever you work out. Right. But... He was allowed access, and so she claims that he would come in, and he would continue to abuse her now, when she was asking in an interview, why did you not report it to the police? She says he told me he would kill me if I went to the police, so that was not an option for me that's mm. a that's a quote from Tracy now Tracy has some friends who were very concerned about her. they saw the black eye they there are some there was some bruising on her leg and hips that they had seen. And they would question her about this, and she would not really open up to them. She would say things like, you know, I fell or, you know, got hit with a baseball or something, and they mm-hmm. would confront her and say, what's really going on? Um, on the night of November the 22nd, 2010, Hunter arrived to take care of the children. Tracy says that he flew into a rage when she told him she had spent the night with a new boyfriend. All right. So, still some very, it's very, very toxic, whether they're together or whether they're divorced.
0: Yeah. Obviously. Unfortunately, we've all heard stories like that.
1: Mm -hmm. And she claims that on this night, he said he was going to kill her. She says that around 10 p.m., Hunter took her to the bedroom, bound her legs, raped her, and threw her against the bathtub. She says she was knocked unconscious. She says that she regained consciousness around 4 a.m. The kids were asleep downstairs and Hunter was gone. She called him, told him that she was bleeding and that she was hurt and she needed help. And he basically says, according to her, F you, hope you die. And then she was in tears. Oh. When Tracy went to the hospital, police were notified and Hunter was later arrested for rape, sodomy, kidnapping, and domestic violence. Tracy says she then fears for her life, the life of her children. Then Hunter gets out on bail, so she gets a restraining order, purchases a handgun, and is carrying it everywhere she goes. She claims that it was only a matter of time before he comes after her again. And She took photos of the night of the alleged attack and texted them to her friend, and they later, she and her friend both took more photos to have that as evidence. At at the same time, Tracy says that Hunter is going to stop paying spousal support and his daughter's expenses. At this point, she is now under a lot of stress. She's she's losing everything. She says, quote, my world just fell apart. Tracy says she was told that Hunter wasn't working, but she did not believe it because he's not paying. Okay.
0: That's his excuse for why he's not paying child support.
1: And that's what he's saying. And so... So, on the morning of May the 15th, 2012, Tracy drives to this suspected job site. She's convinced that he is working, and he's lying to her about having money to pay child support. Mm-hmm. She goes to, they are, what she's wanting to do is take a photograph of him working, so that she can show the judge.
0: Sounds plausible. All the
1: You know, and then they will say, your child support exactly you're working aha we got you so she says she's getting ready to take the picture and she looks up and he's standing almost directly towards the front of a boat trailer he's looking at her and he's got this face she says that's very angry he's he's what we call he's mean mugging her he's staring at her giving her the stare down and then he flips her a bird. And she says she took the says yeah I'm working screw you, and at that point she says she panicked. She says that he is walking towards her car. He's now within five feet of her car. She says she's feeling like he's going to come bust the window out. He's going to get her. He's you know so in these her are all
2: these are this what she thinks is about to happen or like yeah she, she says he's
1: no. he's walking towards her and she's afraid. Of what he's going to do. Well, he's already
0: raped and sodomized her. He's going to
1: bust the window out of her car. He's going to get her. He's going to do all of this. So she has this gun that she purchased and it's in the, the seat next to her. She steps out of the car and just starts shooting. She said, I just opened the door. And the next thing I remember is a click. She emptied her entire gun, six shots, Four of the shots hit Hunter and brought him face down onto the pavement. Then she called 911.
2: Brought him face down into the pavement?
1: Mm -hmm. Brought him face down into the pavement. Did you catch that? Yeah. Now, here's where our story is going to take a little turn, Scott, because everything that I have given you is the interview with Tracy. And so when they start investigating this case, Mm -hmm. They're going to start finding things that are a little bit different than what Tracy has been reporting. Okay. So, when I first started looking into this, and I read all of this, it was a cut and dry case to me.
0: Sounds like it to me so far. You have a
1: battered, raped, abused woman who couldn't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? That's
0: what I hear so far.
1: This is what they found when they started investigating this case. Okay, Tracy Grissom was not the first person to call 911 the morning Hunter Grissom was killed because she killed him. She shot him dead there Mm -hmm. on that day. There were witnesses to what happened on the dock that day. William Dockery was someone who worked for Hunter Grissom and he was there working that day and he calls 911 and he says my boss just got shot someone just pulled up and shot my boss she's in a gold chevrolet and i don't know if she's reloading or what cuz he's down he's okay. hiding he's sure. afraid he doesn't know at the point at this point who it is it's a, she has just walked up she's she's pulled up she's gotten out of the car she shot him William Dockery and his brother Dale both worked for Hunter building docks on Lake Tuscaloosa.
0: Okay. So they were, they were building a boathouse or something right there on the water.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. They build, they would come build these, these massive docks. And and we know this around our little lake community. That's a very lucrative business. sure, Very, very nice work and uh, in very high demand as well. But they were there on that day and they were, they were working and, Here's what William Dockery says. He was a good friend, the best boss anybody could ever ask for. It's the only job I've had in my life that I enjoy going to work every day, and I enjoyed the man that I, that I work for. The three men were getting a boat out of the water. They were putting it onto the trailer when Dale first noticed the gold Chevrolet, and then he saw it move directly behind Hunter's truck. At the time that Will called 911, he did not realize the driver was Hunter's ex-wife, but he saw the look on his boss's face. He said there was fear in his eyes, and he knew there was about to be some kind of confrontation. He says that Hunter looked at him and said, call the police. When he saw the car and he noticed who was in the car, it's when he said, call the police. And just as Will is pulling out his phone to call the police, he looked at me even more seriously and started screaming, call the effing law. And that's when the shots started. Okay. He
0: must've seen the gun in her
1: hand. Mm -hmm. He saw her getting out with the gun. Hunter started running. They all started running as the shots were fired. And there is where we say he's face down. Mm -hmm. She shot him. In the back.
0: As he was running away.
1: This is what investigators are going to learn Mm. when they start looking at this case. So that doesn't make sense, does it? If he's shot in the back, but he's running towards her to bust the windows out of her car, screaming at her. And it doesn't make sense with what the Dockery voice are saying. True. In their story. That is true. Because at the beginning, they don't really know who this is and then Hunter it's like they're starts. not aware
0: of the situation they know the guy they work with him they like the guy but he doesn't talk about his personal life with them so they don't know to be on the lookout for crazy ex-wife mm-hmm. in his words to show up.
1: Correct. And they're, the 911 operator's talking back with Will and they're, you know, trying to get the questions and we've heard 911 calls here. They're, they're trying to get all the information and that they can. And keep you on the phone. And keep you on the phone and they've already sent someone as we've learned mm-hmm. that when you call, right. they, they go ahead and send someone. The questions don't slow down who they're sending for you. And Will says, she's still sitting in the car. I don't want to go around. I don't know if she's reloading. I don't know if she's, you know, got, She's wanting to kill all of us he, he doesn't know what mm-hmm. what is about to happen and the nine one one operator says okay we're we're getting some help on the way and will says, "I don't want him to die. he's got a little girl and they keep on with the nine one one until finally the cops show up and they realize he's lying face down, which does not as I said coincide with her story yeah. but does in fact go with will's story and will's nine one one call mm-hmm. so right away we're seeing some some issues. Now we talked about how Tracy said that Hunter made an obscene gesture and was starting to move towards the car very aggressively. The Dockery boys say none of that happened. Okay. That they were working. She pulled up. All hell ensued.
0: He says call the police.
1: And then finally he turns around again and says, call the effing law. Right. Because it's, it's all elevated. Running. And they're all running away. Twelve feet. From the first shot is where Hunter stood. He was 12 feet from the car. Okay. And she's claiming he's storming at her. Mm-hmm. And she claims he gets about five feet away from the car. And that's when she starts shooting. It was 12 feet okay. away. And he was running in the opposite direction.
0: When he saw the gun, we, we can Possibly. assume.
1: Possibly.
2: But if if when she pulls up, he's yelling at his workers to call the law, that already doesn't coincide with her story. Because why would he want the law to come if he's going to be aggressive towards her in the meantime? Correct. You know, if he's like, if he sees her and he's like running up to yell at her. Flipping her
1: off. Why would he have the law? Why would he initiate? That call. Exactly, because he doesn't want them catching him. Acting a crazy, yeah. Beating the crap out of her. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, according to Hunter's family, Hunter had moved on, and there were some court dates coming up that would, in fact, prove Hunter was innocent of everything she claimed he had done to her. Okay. They found evidence of the pictures the day that she went to the hospital and claimed... All of these things had happened to her. Mm-hmm. There's a picture of her leg. And then the next day, there's another picture of her leg. and It has a huge bruise on it. Mm-hmm. Now, we talked about last week about my huge bruise that I currently yes. have on my butt that I apparently just want to keep talking about.
0: That's fine with me. Go ahead.
1: From my own experience, my bruise started immediately. A bruise like that on her hip. And you can Google this. You can look this picture up and see this bruise on her leg. And it is an impressive bruise. Okay. And looks very similar to the one that I have currently.
0: I don't know. I haven't been able to see the one that you have. Because <laughs> you it's won't. Because on an area of your body that you will not expose in this room. I'm not going
1: to moon everybody Fine. here podcasting today. All right. But that bruise started from the moment. I hit
0: the ground. Sure. That's when the damage was done. I mean, that later
1: that evening, it was already, it started immediately, but then later that evening, it was even worse and even Mm. worse. So I'm just, I know there are people on both sides of this, but what I'm, I'm telling you is the difference in the photos from when she was in the hospital to the very next day. Wow. There's nothing there to, we have this enormous leg covering bruise. Okay. Take, take so the implication the
0: implication here is possibly that she injured herself, she fell, she dropped something on herself and decided hey, let's take a picture of this bruise, I can use it against my
1: ex-husband. Or she just faked it all together. Okay. With that intent. Okay. And that's what Hunter's family believes and they they don't stutter about that. They, okay. they believe she faked all of it and they claim there were some coordinates coming up and there were, there were some coordinates coming up. He was granted access to the house. Mm-hmm. She's claiming she's not told anybody of this abuse until up until that point hunter had moved on he wanted to get this marriage behind him it was as i said a very toxic relationship from early on there is also no evidence that he had used anything other than marijuana you remember the okay the drug screen she claimed she had that right. had all of these other
0: yeah the Oxycontin, drugs methamphetamines or whatever you you Correct. rattled off a the list
1: there there's no evidence of that there's okay. no other evidence of that other than her claiming she did this test and this is what it said okay so that's what his mother says he he was going to get visitation from his daughter he was going to win. In this upcoming court case, and they say that Tracy had a lot to lose moving into this court case. And this incident where she pulls up and shoots him happened before this was all going to come to court. So there's a motive right there. A lot to lose. Yeah. A lot to lose. Some people are on both sides of the fence. Tracy's friend certainly believes that Tracy was abused Mm -hmm. and and is supporting her friend. And then definitely no arguments from here. You want to support your friend, sure, but it's just not adding up and to come forward and say these things about someone and to go so far as to fake things. If Mm -hmm. that's in fact what she did, that's a really low blow. And that's, that's another level.
0: I can tell you from 25 years as a mediocre journalist that what I have learned over that amount of time is that there are two sides to every story and somewhere in the middle is usually where you'll find the truth.
1: Usually so. And I don't doubt that these that this couple argued and, and mm. yelled and screamed and it was very toxic at times. I don't, I don't doubt that at all. Yeah, same here. But... The extent to the abuse, rape, sodomy, all of these, these are big words. Yes. That you don't want associated with your name, mm-hmm. especially if you did not do any of these That's, things.
0: That's, you know, registering as a sex offender for the rest of your life. That's years in jail. That's being called a felon. It mm-hmm. makes it harder to get loans and, and jobs and lots of things.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, Hunter in 2011 was arrested for marijuana possession, but there, were, there was no evidence of any other drugs. Okay. None whatsoever. So what the evidence can prove and what Tracy is saying consistently two different things mm-hmm. every single time.
0: Well, it's it's been my experience in my life that that folks who are fond of smoking marijuana don't generally use any other drug. I mean, that's you know, mm-hmm. it gets accused of being a gateway drug to bigger things. I don't know of any situation that I've ever been around in my life where marijuana use led to something more nefarious than that and i feel like i use the word nefarious on this podcast all of the time i'm going to try to come up with a new word for next time now, but i just don't see that
1: hunter's friends the the guys who worked for him his family all said he did not have an abusive bone in his body in fact it was often a joke that he was too laid back well Mm -hmm. If he's smoking marijuana, he's very laid back. He was
0: relaxed. I'll guarantee you that.
1: Very, very laid back. And they go so far as to say they believe that Hunter was abused by Tracy. Just weeks before the alleged rape, she turned up at one of his job sites and they're they're saying she's screaming, she's jumping on him, saying something about him having another girlfriend. She's saying things like, you're mine, I'll kill you. You're mine. You're mine. I'll kill you, and this is about another girlfriend. This is how she reacted. So it's like you that said. That is that was witnessed by people on the job site. The family of Hunter Grissom believes that the rape accusation is completely false. The pictures are very different. I am going to turn my computer, and I am showing Scott a difference in the photo. The photo on the left is a completely. Normal looking leg uh, that the investigators took on November 23rd, the night of the alleged rape. That's some bruise. The photo on the right was taken by Tracy of the same area days after the attack. So this is, goes back to what I was talking about. Mm. She says she was attacked on November 22nd. This is what her leg looked like on November 23rd, which is completely a normal leg.
0: Yeah, there's no bruise. If that's a day later, it seems like there's there no should have been a bruise there already.
1: Then a few days later, that's we a see a huge bruise. Sizable. Yes. So that that kind of goes back to what I was saying from my own experiences. Mm. that bruise, a bruise like that is going to show, start showing up immediately. Yeah, it's not going to take days that later. That bruise
0: is as big as a regulation size football. Yes. I mean, that's a large bruise.
1: Yes, and that was the photo she took. The mm. one the police took, nothing. Nothing is on yeah. her leg.
0: Yeah, and you showed me those two photos right beside each other. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Mm-hmm. so Tracy doesn't state in her 911 call or in her interview with investigators that she was, that Tunner that was coming at her. She doesn't say that until later. What she says in her interview was, I shot him. I can't believe I just shot him. And you can see video footage of this interview. She does not claim that he was coming at her. She says, I don't, I, I just shot him. I can't believe it. I cannot believe it.
0: Somebody told her about the stand your ground law that exists here in the state. And that's probably, that would be one reason to change that story and make it sound like you felt fear for your life because then you are justified for Mm -hmm. some ridiculous reason. Uh, Let's don't get into that. But anyway, in the state of Alabama, if you feel like you are in fear of your life, you are justified in defending yourself with a firearm.
1: Well, I mean, you can defend yourself. If someone's attacking you, you can defend yourself. Right. Basically down, down to, to the basics. What the evidence is showing is she was never attacked. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he did it in a way that we can't seem to find any evidence. Right. I don't know. But what the investigation was leading to was it was going in favor of Hunter. Everything was favoring him. All of these allegations she has against him, all of the witnesses, the the hospital, the the police, everything... They were in favor of Hunter, and this was not looking good for her, and she was possibly going to lose
0: our children. Those upcoming court dates that you mentioned previously.
1: Yes. So why would you stay there, though? Call 911 and then turn yourself in and say, I just shot him. That, to me, is the only reason I keep yo-yoing back and forth on she
0: felt justified at least in her mind in what she had know. done and so she didn't feel the need to flee
1: I don't know she sat there after she shot him she calls 911 William Dockery as we've talked about has already called 911 he's on the phone with them while you know right after the attack and during parts of the attack mm-hmm. and she calls she sits in her car and she calls them and she sits there and she waits on them to come and get her
2: well, she has to know that she's not getting away from the situation.
1: Maybe so she, she probably, probably just
2: thinks that she,
1: her, her, her best,
2: story is the best story. Yeah.
0: That's her best avenue to, uh,
1: maybe so. I
0: don't want to say get away with it, but to get away with
2: it.
1: Mm-hmm. So she's 32 years old and she faces trial in August.
2: And in August of 2014, she is found guilty of murder. And she's sentenced on September 2nd, 2014, to 25 years. After two years in jail, she asks for a new trial. She doesn't feel that her current trial was...
0: Well, that's a standard appeal, right? I mean, if you're convicted, Hmm. you're going to go back and comb over everything with a fine tooth and try to find something, some decision the judge made or some deficiency in your defense.
2: Yeah, and I want to go back to that trial because prosecution in that trial stated that the killing was motivated by her wanting to collect on his $100,000 life insurance policy, which I can't see that being the case because it would... First, she's got to worry about getting away with killing him Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and then collecting on the
1: insurance money. And she she clearly didn't try to get away from killing him. She sat there, called 911. I think her motivation was he was moving on. She mm-hmm. was not able to control him anymore. She had controlled him for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she was going to be able to do that. And this is just my opinion, and we've all established that I'm not an expert on anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my opinion. But she couldn't really
2: go into the assault in her in her defense. Like, she couldn't talk about how she was afraid of him and how he assaulted her, because he was never found guilty of any of that.
1: No, and in fact, the medical records from her hospital visit after this say that her head wounds and, and all of her wounds were, quote, purely superficial, end quote, yeah from the hospital. They didn't find any evidence of any of this.
0: but I, And I, I don't dispute any of that, but don't forget that her friends, and you talked about this a minute ago, Kelly, her friends maintained, yes. your words, mm-hmm. that she was a victim of abuse.
2: Yes, but this. my point in this is it wasn't admissible in court. The judge right. would not let the defense go into detail on that on those assaults because or on those assault allegations i guess i should say because he was never found guilty so after she's found guilty and we're at sentencing uh court restrictions are kind of lifted then and tracy is telling the court about how she in her words that she suffered permanent damage after allegedly being sexually assaulted by hunter and she even goes as far as to pull up her shirt and shows that she's wearing a colostomy bag and says that she's over, undergone several surgeries. Now, there is some back and forth on this. And she's apparently had a hysterectomy. And, and she was evidently wearing a colostomy bag. But there's also details where it shows that she also underwent an elective labiaplasty that went wrong. Uh. She ended up having to have some corrective surgeries to go along with that. So, this could have been from that.
1: A labiaplasty is surgery to reduce the size of the labia minora, the flaps of the skin, either side of the vaginal opening. So this is an elected cosmetic surgery that some women choose to do after they've had children. Okay. So that's what that is. It's not a life-threatening surgery. It's not a required surgery. It is an elective surgery. But
0: if it went wrong, could it end up in you wearing a colostomy bag?
1: P-
2: possibly. I guess. I guess all surgeries can have complications, yeah. you know. So
1: Fair enough. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm but, not a doctor. That's right.
2: Right. From our not a doctor over here. But yeah, no, I've never. I've read nothing or I, I tried to look into that and there was nothing one way or the other that said exactly okay. what caused her to have those complications. But
1: And that's why there's so people on both on either sides of the fence with this, mm-hmm. because you still have people saying, Well, even if that was botched she wouldn't need a colostomy bag she wouldn't need you know that's very consistent with someone being brutally raped and sodomized and and so you have people who are strongly on one side or the other of this case it's a very controversial case
2: and a jury foreman wrote a letter that was read that stated the jurors voted to convict because there was no dispute that she shot hunter because there isn't Uh, But they didn't believe that she did it to collect life insurance payout. He stated that they felt the shooting was a crime of passion, not for financial gain, and should be sentenced accordingly. So that's That's,
0: why she got 25 years instead of a life sentence. Right.
1: I tend to agree with that. I believe it was for the money. And 48 hours agrees. I mean, they you know, so, so
0: there has been a forty-eight hour episode.
1: Erin Mor- Moriarty is a forty-eight hours correspondent and she did an interview with Tracy Grisham. It's called The Girl Next Door. You can look that up on YouTube. Okay. And she Erin sets in to kind of do the same thing that I did was to talk about this woman who was brutally abused, raped, sodomized, and ended up shooting her abuser. Mm-hmm. However, Aaron is now on the backside of all of this and, okay. and does not believe Tracy. And you okay. can see all of that in that interview. If you want to look that up and that's another, that's with the uh, 48 hours by CBS. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can watch that on YouTube and she talks about all the inconsistencies from Tracy's testimony from what she told the cops on that day to what she later told. Okay. Inter- interviewers and, different people that she's sitting down with after, after the fact. And while she's going through the appeal process. Okay. And in the appeal
2: process, her former attorney speaks and he says he deeply regrets some of the decisions he made during her murder, tr- murder trial. He says uh, he regrets not convincing her to let the jury consider a manslaughter charge, mm-hmm. like having her admit to manslaughter as opposed to murder because it would have meant a shorter sentence. Right. Right. He also regrets allowing the mother of a Tuscaloosa County Sheriff's deputy to serve as juror because they feel like she may have been privy to some information that the other jurors were not. Uh, The new new attorney has asked for a new trial claiming that the previous attorney was ineffective. So, you know, that's a pretty standard appeal grounds. Uh, Said the defense should have centered around the fact that uh, they claimed that Tracy was suffering from PTSD and not centered around a self-defense Okay. Defense, self defense defense.
0: So she was out of her right mind.
2: Right. Said, so, yeah. Would be the argument. So, well, yeah, suffering from PTSD. But the previous attorney stated that an expert who evaluated Tracy concluded that she was, in medical terms, malingering. Malingering. Malingering yes. means lying. Yes. And either exaggerating or faking PTSD. And a second evaluation was done, and it concluded that her diagnosis was possibly borderline. So there was no way they they couldn't get anyone to state that she had PTSD. Okay. So appeal to nod. So yeah, one, so no appeal.
1: One therapist there is saying she's lying. And one saying, I I don't know guys,
2: maybe borderline at most.
1: Okay. So that's,
0: so that's, so she's just sitting at Tutwiler now and will be for the next until parole eligibility, 10, 12, Years from now, maybe she still maintains,
2: you know, she still claims her innocence, yes. And her, you know, there's there's camps on both
1: sides, there are right, and I think it's fair to both camps that we say that that you know, Tracy still claims that she is innocent, she is adamant about it, Hunter's family. Is adamant that, that he didn't do. The he was to... not the monster she made him out to be. Right. So We need to. I think we need to say that to. To be fair, Hunter's no longer here to defend himself. Mm. Yeah,
2: and that is the tragedy in all of this. Is not that there is there was loss of life that is overshadowed by the fact that we're arguing about who was right and who was wrong.
1: Exactly. And you yeah, have a good point. you have a a young girl at the time, Anna Grace, who no longer has a father, and now her mother is in prison. So yeah. it's very. Our hearts go out to her. It's very tragic for yes. her and for Tracy's son mm-hmm. that she had. Michael. Yeah, the,
0: the previous marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those kids are her- probably what in their early twenties now, late teens, early twenties.
1: I think, well, this was 2000 and yeah. Yeah. yeah probably. Mm-hmm. Don't make me do math. Scott. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. But, but in all seriousness, it is very tragic for these children and it's it's hard. Also, again, we've talked about this before. This is all over the internet. People have opinions one way or the other. They create memes. They they roast people they've never met or talked with. Right, and it's so very tragic for the families who are still here who have to go through this. Yes. So our hearts go out to them. Absolutely. Very very much so. I do have a shout out this week. I, I mentioned this way back when, but it was a thing that some of our listeners would put us on slow speed. Oh yeah. And listen to us. And we sounded completely and utterly wasted. Yes. Well, we've, had some more fans to do that and I want to I want to shout them out. Uh, Jana Chestnut, we've shouted her out before. She we have. And Claire Chestnut and uh-huh. her daughter Julia Chestnut and husband Danny Chestnut. So hello to Wait, the Chestnut. Does, does
0: Danny listen to the show?
1: Uh, I'm sure he does. Ah, he's never does. mentioned
0: it to me one single time that he does I'm and I sh- see him every Tuesday.
1: I'm sure he listens when Jana has it on in her car. Well, it seems like I'm he sure. would
0: complain to me about it or, or <laughs> give me a hard time if he did.
1: Well, Jana has tried that where you listen to us on slow speed and she said we in fact sound incredibly wasted
0: well we sounded wasted this morning anyway because we were we're recording early today and not our normal time and you guys still have coffee mouth and uh and i'm sober so nobody is at the top of their game today
1: we are struggling (laughs) we are struggling this morning thank you for listening go to true crime on on easy Street. street That's
0: it. Yeah. That's our website. You looked at me. I thought you wanted me to do that. Yeah. And you can click the link at the top and you can go to your uh, platform of choice and listen to our podcast. Give us a five-star review. You can find out a little bit about Kelly and Katie and I, Uh, not too much, but, uh, and make sure and give us that five-star review and leave a comment so that we know it was you who did it.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Good night, everybody.